A, B, C. A always, B, B, C closing. Always be closing. Hey, what's up, people? It is uh, your boy Cam. And your boy Roy, as always. And we're here with another episode of Scare Money, Don't Make Money. Um, the show where you know it's just two military recruiters who just love recruiting a little bit too much, trying to learn the civilian sector <laughs> a little bit too much, learning the civilian sector, trying to understand, you know, the, the differences, trying, um, you know, marketing, recruiting, sales, anything in between the psychology, whatever. But today we have an awesome guest. Um, I'm going to let him introduce himself because I always feel like, you know, the best representation. But, uh, you know, I, I've watched him on LinkedIn. I've been learning a lot from him. Uh, one of the things I'd like to talk about during the show, too, is the whole um, talent a- uh, access thing. I listened to that. That was great. Loved it. Thanks, so, but, um, but, yeah, if you want to introduce yourself, Adam, to our viewers, and then we'll get started. Awesome. Cameron and Roy, thank you first and foremost for having me on the show. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, I, I love to collaborate, man. I mean, that's what it's really all about. It's there's no competition in this space. It's all yeah. about collaborating and, and meeting new people and, and sharing ideas. So, so thank you on that one. Yeah. Quick introduction. Uh, Adam Poser. I am the founder and managing director of NHP talent group. We're a boutique talent access consultancy located here in New York, uh, specializing in all things, marketing, media, ad tech, uh, product and e-commerce. So I work with brands, I work with agencies yeah. and pretty much everything in between. And we're essentially a white label extension of their in-house hiring team. So I still do a little bit of contingency as we like to say, but I also, yeah. uh, my bread and butter is really in-house hourly retained recruiting myself and my team. That's what we do. We partner with companies to, mm. to really help them accelerate. A little bit of background on me, 15 years working in advertising and marketing here in New York, worked at big brands like American Express, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, all in account management, digital strategy, social strategy. I worked at a bunch of ad agencies. I worked in food, everything from food service, uh, fast food, <laughs> consumer goods. Uh, and then my last stop in, in, in the ad world is working for Gary V over at VaynerMedia um, before I had a career epiphany and pivoted into the world of recruiting. And I did that about five and a half years ago. I spent three years working at search firms, learning the art and science of recruiting, yeah. learning how to be a recruiter. Yeah, <laughs> we, what we do, right? I mean, you got to learn how to do it, right? You can't just jump in. I mean, even that's what I did. Uh, and then three years ago, I said, screw it, F that. I am done working for other people. And I launched NHP Talent Group. And I haven't looked back. And aside from doing all that, I, as you alluded to before, I am the host of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, almost uh, 100 episodes coming out, 100 episode yeah. 100 coming out in two weeks. Hey. I also host <laughs> a live show and uh, thrilled to be here with you guys. Nice. Yeah. And that's uh, in. Um, so as you'll learn, like, you know, as we talk, so, uh, so I came into recruiting in 2014, Roy had already been there and he was actually my trainer. That's how we kind of met is I was the, the new dude on the block, loved to talk, but I had like no sense of chill. (laughs) So Roy, uh, so Roy was my guy, um, that kind of really got me into everything and was helping me. And we've, you know, kind of been going since he's uh, still on active duty and I am in the air national guard. And so, um, and thank you for your service guys. I mean, that's a real commitment, right? I mean, that's awesome. So thank you to you guys for, for protecting us and, and really standing up for what this country is, man. No, and we have a great time with it. Um, I think we both, we both enjoy it quite a bit. Um, obviously that's why we kind of started the podcast and, um, you know, Roy is my, uh, he's kind of the slower, like you said, he's the notebook guy. 
He writes down notes. He t- he, t- he does research. I'm like, let's jump. And he's like, well, let's like bend our legs first. Then we extend. <laughs> then then we're gonna go in. Right. Everything. So, um, but it but it works out well for our show, especially uh, you know, when we talk to individuals like you who have made those pivots and who have you know, you started out in something completely different. And so as I've learned, as you've seen through like LinkedIn, I'm always liking stuff and whatever. I always tell him about it. And so I was like, yo, I got, I got us, I got us another host. He's great. He's like totally, you know, whatever. And, um, we've done a, I've tried to really do a good job of bringing people like yourself who have either made those pivots or started out. So, um, Roy, what you got, man? I know you you got your little notebook. Oh yeah. I got my notebook. I'm just trying to, so my biggest thing, like, what what made you do that transition five years ago? Yeah. Uh, like, just, just that jump to make that change. Yeah, I mean, I was pushed. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's interesting. I'll take I'll take you back to that, right? So you know, I spent 15 years in advertising and right. in account management, right? And I thought it was what I was good at. I thought it was something that I was passionate about. But when I found myself, you know, I, I, I landed over at VaynerMedia. I'm sure, you know, you guys have heard of Gary Vaynerchuk. It's a household name. You know, I yeah. thought, I, I thought, you know, I was at the promised land. I thought that this was a dream job. <laughs> I thought it was everything. But to be honest, guys, it, the grass was not greener on the other side. Yeah. And, and it's a combination of two things. One, you know, I was a different man than I am now, right? That was For almost sure. six years ago. I didn't have yeah. a lot of the, those, those, the, the EQ, right? I didn't have the self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I didn't have all those pieces. And, you know, I thought I was better than I was. And I ultimately, I mean, ultimately what it boils down to, I didn't do the job that I was hired for. I didn't respond well to feedback. I didn't course correct. I didn't do the things that I needed to do to be in a position of success. And ultimately mm-hmm. I lost my job, right? And I got fired. Yeah. And it wasn't until that day when I sat there with Gary and Gary said to me, you know, Adam, you need to stop focusing on the things that you suck at and double down your strengths that I really had to look inside. Yeah, I had to look inside and say, all right, what am I good at? What do I suck at? And why am I wasting time trying to fix things that either I suck at or I don't have a passion for doing? Mm. And Gary sat with me and he said, like, what do you enjoy doing? And I love doing what we're doing here. I'm a relationship guy. I know marketing and media. I know advertising. And he's like, well, what are you going to do with that? And I started to say to him, I'm like, listen, I got a couple of friends that do healthcare recruiting. I have another friend that does finance recruiting. And before I could finish that sentence, Gary turned to me and he said, you'd be a freaking awesome. I'm saying freaking. That's not the F he said. (laughs) He said, I would be. He said, you would be an awesome recruiter. And I thought about it. You know, I went home. I mean, I drank away my sorrows for about two days. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was bad, man. I mean, it was because it was it was failure. It was failure Mm -hmm. on an ultimate level. You know, I had to go back and tell my wife that I lost my job that I was only at for seven months. I had Mm -hmm. to tell my friends that I've been I was hyping up this job. I'm working for Gary V. It was awesome. And I lost it. And I lost a great opportunity. And I was ultimately really upset with myself. And I had to really think, you know, what was next for me? Um, And that was difficult. But all signs pointed towards recruiting. And I haven't looked back, man. No, that's dope. And yeah, and I think, and I, and I, you know, obviously as I listen to podcasts and I see your guys' posts and stuff, one of the things I actually uh, listened to, um, is it Steve Noodleberger? I don't want to mess Steve with Steve yeah. Yeah. So I listened to that episode and I loved, like at the end, you were like, Hey man, you know, what's your, like, you're doing all your shows. What's your piece of advice? And he said, um, wouldn't it suck to climb the corporate corporate ladder and the ladder is against the wrong building and i said that i was like i sent it to roy i said bro just good like, shit. I, I feel like this is exactly where you and i are at because you know we um you know roy was an electrician in the air force i was a transportation guy like i loaded planes and we were both very good at our jobs we were you know but once we got into recruiting we were like this is where we belong yeah you found your calling right you yeah you know same thing relationships um and then just you know the overall freedom of it all and um no i i definitely feel you on that 
What you got? He's he's muting himself because all the background. Is so where are you? Are you in like are you in are you in Cabo? Where are you, man? I see, I see, a, I see a tiki. There's a tiki hut behind you. I'm expecting the waitress to come with some kind of frozen cocktail. Where is that your backyard? And you literally just have a tiki bar in your backyard, which is even better, man. I I, I, I real life do have a tiki bar in my background. Um, bar. I, I am by the beach. Uh, one of the yeah. perks of being a recruiter, uh, you get the you get to travel and experience different things. I mean. And just listening to what you were talking about earlier, it's just like, I mean, you have 15 years in advertisement, uh, account management in New York. Um, and then you made that, that pivotal change. Um, but that fear, I mean, I think one of the biggest things, failure a lot of times open up opportunities that we would never expect. Uh, and I think that's kind of like how, even as recruiters, sometimes we have to open up people's eyes and inspire them and get them to understand like, hey, this may not be an opportunity that you were looking for, but you might want to consider it because it can lead you down to a bigger path that you would have never got to. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it was scary, man. I mean, I, I, you know, I made a, I made a decision to change jobs, to change careers, <laughs> to change a career path. And I knew, I'll tell you something real, real, real deal here, man. Like I was scared I was 35 years old. I was like, I'm going to start a new profession. I'm going to start something new here. Yeah. And I knew I had to learn. I knew that there was going to be like training, which I, I hate training. And yeah. I'm, talking military. I'm talking to two military guys here. Like I hate learning. Like I think I know it all. Right. But I knew that I had to learn. And I don't think if, if I did this, you know, at 22 years old, I would be in the same position, but I knew that there was things I needed to learn. I yeah. needed to learn how to be a recruiter. I had an idea in my head, Right. I thought, all right, it's not that hard. You know, you have a job, you have a can, you find the right candidates and you, you know, square peg, square hole. That's the way it works. Right. <laughs> but as you guys know, there's so much more to it. You need to learn the techniques, the tricks, the, the, let's talk about the science, right? You need to learn, you know, the, the, the data points, the tracking, how to use all your sourcing tools and everything. And then the art of it, the art of the conversation, the art of understanding a candidate's motivation, understanding their why, why are yeah. they looking to change positions? And on the flip side of it with the client, what is a client truly looking for? What are those attributes? Yeah. And I didn't know any of this stuff, you know, five <laughs> and a half years ago and I needed to learn it, but yeah. I picked it up quickly. And I, luckily for me, I had the network. I had the, the insight of, I was hiring for marketing roles. I mean, these are roles that I was yeah. in before. So I didn't have to learn that. I didn't have to learn the industry. Yeah. So I was able to put that focus and energy, my limited OCD energy and focus into <laughs> learning the science of it, right? How to be a damn good recruiter. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I know, like I had, I had that conversation today, actually, like I was telling you earlier, as you know, I was talking to, a talking to an applicant, you know, for, for my day job for the, you know, the military. And, um, you know, we we're talking about their national guards a little bit different sometimes is we're able to kind of let people, um, not necessarily choose, but they have more of an option of like what right. their position is going to be in the military. But at the same time, you know, I'm very big on, but you should always be okay with the organization because what happens if you go to school and you fail? Then, you know, then you're sitting in an organization that you don't want to be in because you didn't, everything, your life didn't pan out the way you thought it was going to pan out over the next, you know, six months. Um, but it's, you know, just like you said, like, what is your why? Like, you have to hold up. Like, and I think as military recruiters, a lot of times we do have to explain that because, 100%. Um, you know, and it, and it helps us and it has helped me thus far as I've started to kind of navigate this, the civilian recruiting network is, um, finding out the why's because I've had to do it just so, you know, so in depth, uh, as we, you know, we've recruited for the, for the, uh, military. Yeah. hundred percent. And I know Roy is always trying to explain, he's always trying to explain that to people, huh, Roy? It's different. It's a different game. 
All all the time. <laughs> I mean, because I think when I, I think you just hit it on the nail when you said the art and the science. I always I always say that. Like talking to people, engaging with people, trying to understand people. That's what it really goes back to like the psychology of it and right. just trying to find that deeper understanding. And it's just I for me being in it for this long. I just have a deeper understanding now that has just taken me a whole much further. Much further. I tried to use a big word. I tried to use a oh, big word. Cam. Yeah, he does that. He uh, he doesn't have it. We call it his smart glasses. He tries yeah. to use big words, but then he reverts. <laughs> I do that all the time. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm thinking of the word. I'm going to sound smart and say this word, and then I'm just going like, to screw it. I forget the word. I'm going to just say yep. anything. Yeah, mess it up all the time. Mess it up all the time. So, like, I think we like we forget like i always say is 90 percent art and 10 percent science um doing paperwork and facilitating certain things that that's that's repetitive mm-hmm. but trying to but trying to understand people and like like cam he said he he recruited health professions so i'm pretty sure he had to do a a change of methodology oh to <laughs> to incorporate the the no, basics man. that he know to be able to talk to doctors and the nurses and stuff like that. So I'm trying to figure out, like, for you, you didn't have a recruiting background at all except for advertising and account management. So how did you jump head first into, like, health professions recruiting without the baseline knowledge? Because, like, to me, that's kind of dope. I want to do it. No, I, I don't. I don't know. I recruit for marketing and advertising. I don't recruit for healthcare. Yeah. He was saying he had friends. He had oh, friends yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it was it – was, uh, it was one less hurdle for me, you know. It was one less hurdle. It was one less hurdle for me, and I was able yeah. to. I mean, it was pretty cool though because I was able to have conversations with candidates on the mm-hmm. candidate level and really grill them and see if they were blowing smoke up my ass or if they really knew what the <laughs> hell they were talking about because I yeah. could give them real examples. And on the flip side of it, when I talked to clients, I was able to talk shop with them. Like I could really dig in and understand yeah. the role because a lot of the roles that I was recruiting for and still am, I've done before. Exactly. So you're able to have that competitive advantage and it's also speed to market. Yeah. Right, you're able to get out there quicker and do it. So, what do you think? What do you think was probably some of, um, kind of like the real, uh, deep down lessons? Like when you first started, you feel like you still either like use today or really helped form kind of how you do business. Yeah. Well, there's there's two things, and it kind of goes back to that art and science kind of thing there too, right? Um, I I'm I'm a big believer. the The first day of recruiting, my mentor, a gentleman by the name of Tom Hall, my my Roy, right, the guy who taught me, right, yeah. the guy who taught me, he said something before we even started. He goes, "I'm going to tell you something." He goes, "Every day when you start, repeat this mantra: plan your work and work your plan. Plan your work yeah. and work." It's very military esque, right? Plan, <laughs> plan your work and work your plan. So and much. I repeat that, and I repeat that every single day. And what that does, it keeps me focused. So I, I'm old school, man. I, I'm either writing in my in my notebook or most of the time it's on post-its on my desk and I have a to-do list, right? Yeah. And there are a couple of words here and there and I know that I have to do that. And if I get through 75, 80%, listen, curveballs come all day. I got two little kids. Life yeah. is happening. But if I get through 75, 80% of the shit that's on my to-do list, it's a good day. Yeah. The best day for me, <laughs> the best day for me, and I had it yesterday, is when I take that 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 post and I crumple it up and I throw it in the garbage because I did everything I needed to do. So yeah. staying focused and organized, I think, is 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 really is really number one. And I think the other part that you really have to get into when you get into recruiting is I heard this a lot before my first day, but there it is a roller coaster. There's the wins, the losses, yeah. the ups and downs, the highs. You can't. You can't, you got to ride the high and you got to know that that low is going to come back, right? You know that there's going to be good days and bad days and you know that there's going to be wins and losses, 
And you, you can't, every day is not going to be gravy, man. There's going to be some really tough days. And those are the days that make you stronger. Those are the days when you know you can take your punches, build those calluses and know how to take a punch. Because now you know next time when that punch is thrown, you're going to block it, deflect it, and punch back twice as freaking hard. Yeah. Right. That's what you learn, man. That's what no one teaches. No one can, <laughs> no one can, people could talk it, right? It's all game until you actually get in the ring, right? Yeah. Until you get in the recruiting ring, you're not going to know that stuff. Yeah. And I've only been doing, listen, I, I've only been doing this for five years, which is a spit in the bucket compared to a lot of people. But I feel that I've been through yeah. battle, man. I've been through a lot of stuff yeah. and I'm able to articulate it and, and help other recruiters. Yeah. So everyone's it. got so, a plan so, until they get punched. <laughs> right. Until you get, everyone's got a plan yeah, until you get punched in the mouth, right? <laughs> That's it. So, like, what, what were some of the things that, like, helped you overcome those hurdles and those battles and, like, push through? Because, honestly, what it really comes down to, failure is one thing, but quitting that's a whole nother gamut. So yeah. a lot of people like decide to quit. So like, yeah. how did you just figure it out without going crazy? Couple things, man. Well, well, first and foremost is is the word tenacity. That's something that's a core to yeah. everything that I do. If I if I had knuckle tats, right? If I was ever gonna get knuckle tats, <laughs> it would literally say. Or if I got like the, the the under my lip thing, right? The lip tat, like it would say tenacity because that's what I believe in. Because you know, when I talk about it a lot on my show, like tenacity mm -hmm. is my fire. Tenacity is my why. Tenacity is why, what I had to dig down deep inside when I was at the bottom of that well, man. Yeah. And I had to pull myself up and that's, that's tenacity. And it's really about having your North star. That's another thing I talk about on my show. Like yeah. my central point, my North star, my compass, if I'm ever down and if I never need to pull myself up or if I ever want to show gratitude to my two kids, right? Yeah. That's my reason for why. And we talk about failure, Roy. And for me, it was really interesting. Throughout my whole life, until I launched my own business, there was always a backup plan, right? If I'm not good yeah. here, if I don't like this, <laughs> if I don't like this, you know, there's another agency, there's another job, there's something else in advertising I could do. But yeah. when I launched my own business, I remember it was like a couple of days in, one of my friends is like, well, what are you going to do if this doesn't work out? And I go, that's not an option. It's not, yeah. I go, it's not an option because once you start thinking about a plan B, you're already admitting defeat. You already yeah. have it in your head and you're already thinking about it. And I've never for one second even on the worst days, even when I feel like I've lost all my clients, whenever I feel like things are down, I, I never have that 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 thought of failure because it's not a freaking option. It's not on the table. Yeah. No, I feel that. Especially like, um, so, you know, because I'm, I'm trying to set myself up for when I retire. I have, you know, I'm at 14 years now. I got, you know, my six years left to retirement. And um, crazy. So, you know, yeah. And, you know, I, I was a kid who barely graduated high school. You know, I always tell people all day, me and Roy have a joke where I went from failing lunch to owning a house in California because it was the same thing. I'm a, I'm a you know, failing gym class. No, no, literally, I almost failed high school because I didn't wear my uniform and they were mm -hmm. only giving me half points. And I didn't realize it until three quarters of the way through my senior semester. And they were like, you're going to fail high school because, and, you know, I'm an only son to, a, I'm an only son to a single mother, 14 different schools growing up. Um, same thing when I joined the military, I was like, failure is not an option. And so now it's kind of the same thing, but I love it, um, my mom is going, you know, uh, she's going through her process and I see other people who are going through employment processes and I'm like, I don't want to do this shit when I get out, man. Like, that's why like, I'm doing this recruiting thing now and it has to succeed because I don't want to get out of this shit and be like, Hey, here's employer number 250. Here's my application. No, you, you don't know, want that. It's mindset, so, man. No, yeah, exactly. Um, and I know Roy, you know, me and Roy are in the same boat as that is, you know, we're not necessarily waiting for retirement, but we a hundred percent want to be ready for it. Yeah, man. No, that's, it's, it's true. It's, it's mindset. And people throw around the word mindset, right? <laughs> I mean, it's one of those cliches, man, like mindset, mindset, right. But like, but you, when you're, when you're talking about mindset, you have to give real life examples yeah. so people could wrap their head around it. Correct. Right.
And uh, yeah, and I, and that's and I think that's what we really try and get um, when we talk to people on the show because uh, I, you know one thing that I think me and Roy have realized is you know in this world of uh, military recruiting, you know we're in a little bubble. Like I remember, especially once I did health, you know, healthcare recruiting for, you know, I'm talking to doctors, nurses, things like that. But I, like you said, collaboration, I'm really big on that. You know, I'd go to a conference and mm-hmm. I'd walk over, you know, to, um, was it a uh, high mark, you know, recruiting table, the, you know, the hospital. And I'd be like, Hey man, let's chat. Like, what do you guys do? Like, what are you guys saying? And you know, they're all weird about it. Like, what are you doing, man? And I'm like, dude, I, it's all good, bro. Like, I just want us all to succeed, man. Like, let's, you know, I'm a military dude. Like, I don't, I'm never going to be competition for you. Like, but we can go have lunch. (laughs) It's the the abundancy mindset, right? That there's enough fish for everybody, right? It's the abundancy mindset. And, you know, there, there is something to competition. I mean, competition is healthy. And I mean, it, it, it's it a drive. There's parts of it too, but there's also unhealthy and unnecessary competition. Some things yeah. you don't have to yeah. compete about. Like the same shit with yeah. podcasting, man, right? Like I, I talked to a lot of big <laughs> podcasters and some of them have like, you know, they're very like closed off and everything. And I'm like, who yeah. cares? I'm like, there's so many, there's 500 million people listening to podcasts. Like give, give, your ego is a little too big if you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're thinking that you do, I'm your competition. Yeah. And it's been, it's been welcoming, man. Um, you know, obviously I reached out to you. You were super, you were super great. Um, I think that's one more thing that has made me want to stick with recruiting is, um, since I've reached out to people, asked people to get involved, I, I haven't had anybody turn away. Everyone's been super welcoming and it's, it's been great. Um, but I'm definitely super big on like, Let's all prosper, man. Like collab over compete. Yeah, exactly. Collab over. Oh, what's that? Oh, there. Roy's gonna say his little thing now that he always says. <laughs> no, I like, I like, I like, I like that though. I like collab over compete. So, like, I might use that one a whole lot more. But like, like my boss that one's free. Did, like, that one's free. I like that. One. Uh, communicate, um, collab, <laughs> communicate, collaboration to connect. So that, that that's his three C model. He always. I like it, man. Me. Uh, so I mean it, but. And we always talk about it. it. It does rain true. It's just, but I like that collab um, versus compete because, like you said, like there is a unhealthy competition sometimes where, like we always say, like competition, like it is good, but I think in a lot of cases, too many people take it to that unhealthy level. It's no different than a person who's a fan of a team and they just go crazy like, yo, you're not even playing. <laughs> like, you're, you're, you're not even in the game and or don't even know how to play the sport at all but yet you're going crazy so we have people like that <laughs> in different so organizations it's my so friends true. are my, fr- my friends are like if you saw my whatsapp message channel for our fantasy football man oh, I mean, it's, it's ruthless it's ruthless <laughs> ruthless i'm like you freaking couldn't even hold the water boys freaking water right like yeah. <laughs> And, that, and that's that, and that's yeah, and that's definitely where it's at as far as um, you know, the collab over compete. I, man, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to use that one. So, question for you is as far as um, marketing terms, you know, because obviously you're, you're on LinkedIn and you mm-hmm. see how it's kind of evolving. And um, I've been trying to push that a lot to my service member compadres is like, you guys got to start doing this. Like, yeah, you know, you this is this is where it's happening. I'm not saying you got to be posting stuff every day, but you need to establish yourself professionally. Right. Um, where, what of evolution would you say that you see happening currently? Like not, I don't want to say just cause of COVID. Cause I know you always talk about that on your show, but just in general, like what evolution do you see coming as far as, um, like as far as the way LinkedIn's being used as a tool, yeah. cause obviously now yeah. because COVID it's really right. Cause people, are, cause people are home and people can't be networking like they need to. Right. So, so I think that 
you know, a simple fact, there's incredible organic reach on LinkedIn yes. from, a, from a professional standpoint. Um, but there's also the other weird side of it too, where a lot of folks who, I don't want to say not professional, but they're, they're attention seekers, right? They're, they're eyeballs, yeah. they're, they're grifters, they're trying to sell you something. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of negative stuff on LinkedIn too. So you got to sort through all the crap to yeah. get to the good stuff. But from a professional standpoint, you know, a lot of people talk about this concept called personal branding. I, I never yeah. really been a big fan of that term, right? <laughs> personal branding is your reputation online. That's simply what it is. Yeah. Right? Personal branding was never an expression before LinkedIn. I never heard of the expression personal branding before LinkedIn. But personal branding, <laughs> I mean, if we're going to say it, is your online reputation. What people are saying about you behind your back. The same thing with yeah. reputation. What's your reputation, Roy and Cameron? Your reputation is what people say about you when someone else asks about you, yeah. right? What's Cameron like to work at as a recruiter, right? You know, yeah. you know, what's Roy like to work at when he's not at the Tiki Hut? You know, like what are these things we're talking about here? But that's really what it's about. So, like you, you have an opportunity on LinkedIn to brand yourself professionally. What do you want other people to think about you? What do you want the takeaway to be? What you know, what do you want to put out into the world? And when you think about it from a job seeker standpoint, it's an incredible opportunity if you're on the market to showcase your skills and your expertise, your point of view, have yeah. a position. Because if I'm a recruiter, which I guess I am a recruiter, and I'm looking <laughs> at candidates, I look at candidates' profiles, and I, if I see somebody's active and they're writing like, you know, a case study, if they're putting out, if they're sharing a news article and adding their point of view of something specific in my industry, that shows that they're inquisitive, that they care about their industry, that they're not just going through the motions there, and they're actually vested in their career. That stuff yeah. stands out. And on the flip side of that, if you're a recruiter and you're sharing information, job seeker tips, resume tips, industry-specific things. That's going to make you more attracted to candidates. Hey, I want to work with Cameron and Roy's or, you know, Hey, I, I want to work with their company. Yeah. And I, th and I think that's what, um, I know I've definitely been talking to Roy about it because he's very inquisitive and he, like I said, he's a notebook guy. So I know he's yeah. got tens and thousands of pages of stuff in his notebook to write something about. Um, but you know, also, uh, and I hate it because it sounds like an excuse, you know, people get busy and think, and you know, things get, things get rough. Um, and so I know that I have been pushing that, especially on a lot of my, my military counterparts is like, man, at least, at least get your profile up to date. Yeah. I mean, I, the basics, man. Cause I, I always look at someone's LinkedIn profile, like immediately when I get their resume, I want to, sometimes resumes are too long. I just want a quick, like eyeball scan. Yeah. Do they have those jobs with companies? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's been a beast. Um, do you, do you recommend any other sites? Like as far as you think we are just kind of on the same level or you think LinkedIn's kind of like the premier platform? Right no, now? I mean, I mean, unless you're like in tech or something and you're on GitHub and you need to get your code up or something, that's fine, but that's not really a social platform. Um, no, LinkedIn's where it's at, man. Right. If it comes down to professional stuff. So what, as far as like some of the relationships you made, what do you think's probably um, one of the areas maybe you didn't have as many relationships in that you think maybe LinkedIn has helped you the most? Things outside of my industry, um, which has been really helpful. I mean, I, I usually stay within my swim lane with, from, a, from an industry standpoint, um, but I made a lot of connections as far as resources and door openers. And I think that's what it's yeah. really about. Like, like you know, I, I, I'm not going to say I turned down, you know, I maybe at one point I would turn down somebody if they didn't seem like a relevant connection right away. Yeah. But you always have to be thinking like a chess game, a couple steps ahead. And I'm not trying to, you know, no, take yeah. away the personal side of it here, but I, I'm a conduit, right? Like I'm a connection conduit. I'm a power connector. That's right. my superpower. That's what I do. So it's kind of seeing like those two steps ahead, like an introduction to this person will get me an introduction to the next person. And in turn, I could give value back to that original person, right? Because it always has to be the value. Correct. Right? I'm not, a, I'm not a taker. Right. You never yeah. want to be on the taker side. You want to be 
you know, a giver or you want to be in the middle. It's okay to take and it's okay to give. Don't be all, yeah. all on one side of that equation. Exactly. And I think that's what some people, um, maybe they misconstrue. Like I know I try, I, as far as LinkedIn as I've started to go, I've been trying to give as much as possible. And it's been nice because um, now that I've started to connect with a lot of people, like uh, there's like this one author, whenever she posts something, you know, she'll send in a, a message to me, which I'm sure she sends to other people. But it's nice because then I go comment on her and it starts, we end up having a really nice conversation about those things. And, um, you know, because in general, I'd be in this little bubble in the military where it's like we all just talk about the same thing. Like, hey, I wish they give us a pay raise next month or you know, right. some crap like that. Um, so as far as your company, um, you know, NHP, where do you where do you see the evolution of that right now? Yeah, no, it's fantastic. So it's really interesting right now because there's not a ton of opportunities for recruiting on my side of the house. There are some, right? Ecom, yeah. product, uh, performance marketing and media, that's like paid social, paid search. They're still going well. Anything right. in the DTC e-commerce space is moving. You mm -hmm. know, that's that's kind of cool. Did Roy go to get us drinks? I mean, Probably. Um, <laughs> so, the, so the opportunity now is, you know, how do you keep yourself top of mind? How do you keep your company and your brand top of mind with your clients and prospective clients when there's no business to be had? And the concept that I keep preaching and practicing is invaluable. How do you continue to add value to your clients when you can't have your hand out asking for business? Yeah. What does that look like? Right. And it's about being in front of them, being able to provide them, you know, looking out for their blind spots, man. Right. Yeah. You got to keep it. You got to what do they say? Keep an eye on their six. Is that am I even saying that right? Oh, like, you yeah. got to. I got right? you. Got, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and like and you got to like keep it. But that's what you do for your clients. You got to keep an eye on their blind spots. And how do you provide value to them? And do things that other people are not, right? Like case studies, social media reviews, um, maybe even introducing them to candidates that might be in the market for a future to have those initial upfront, like kind of networking conversations. Those are all things you could do. And that's what I've been doing the last six months. And, you know, when we come out of this thing, when business starts to come back with a will, I'm going to be at the top of their list for them to call. Yeah. And I know that's one of the things I've been listening. Obviously, one of the reasons I listen to your show is I, I really like the guests you bring on and just kind of the evaluation aspect of it, you know, as far as like, it's not just like, oh, you know, scratching each other's back, like, oh, you're great. Oh, you're so great. It's like, hey, man, like. Ain't no circle jerk here. Yeah, no, no, we don't want circle jerk. We got enough of those online. <laughs> There's enough of that, right? Like, and you want to just add value in it. And, and, and we're laughing about it, but the idea is to add value in everything exactly. that you're doing, man. Listen, there are shows, there are conversations that are entertainment, right? And you want to have a level of a level of entertainment, but it has to be the edutainment, right? There has to be a good flow, a good energy, but you also have to be adding value because otherwise, I don't listen, if the three of us were here literally just like BSing about nothing, no one even gives a crap, right? But there has to be value within the conversation. True. 100%. Yeah. And I think that's where, that's kind of where, you know, that the, um, the idea of the show even came is like, I think, like I told you is we just, we talk about this all the time, you know, passion for what you do. Right. So people always talk about, you know, don't talk about work. That's all we talk about, but it's, but it's in a, like you said, an education platform where like Royal, tell me about what's going on with him and we'll talk about it. And then eventually it was like, let's just, we should do a show, man. Cause I guarantee there are so many people, especially in our community who are probably having these same conversations and they either think they're crazy or they don't have enough other people to bounce these things off of. Right. And so why not provide a platform where there's two people who you can identify with, who know the struggles you're going through, who know the things that maybe you'd like to learn. And then we can, and then we can move on to it. You know, like when we first started the show, we had a couple of, you know, military leaders on and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I plugged some of my, um, the listeners and I said, Hey man, like, what do you think so far? What do you, what do you want to hear? And they're like, man, 
I want to hear from like people in the industry, recruiters, I like I marketers. I want to hear people who I, that don't know what I do and they can tell me what they do. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, that's what I got to, you know, what to work. And I started right on. doing it. But um, what did you say, Roy? No, because I was going to say like, honestly, every time we talk to somebody, I think it's very interesting. So just to give you a little backstory, one of the reasons why he didn't get certified the first time was his plan was all jacked up. He didn't plan his work and he did not work his plan. So you when, go, you said, when you said you plan your work and you work your plan, I think a lot of people don't get it and they don't understand it uh, in its entirety on like how important it is to just actually plan things out and actually do as best you can to stick to it and actually work it because you're able to just see the transitions of how things actually happen. I wish to this day that I would have started off at a younger age planning things out. Um, I know some people who do it and like they're too crazy with it. Um, yeah. But I, like, I, like, I wish I would have had a, a, a better understanding of it. I will yeah. say Calendly has saved my life. Like <laughs> I don't, I, I told, I told Roy about that. And cause it, cause I think where my thing came was, is, you know, and, and it's not the best way of mine to think, but it's honest is I'm like, I don't have time to type in every little detail about this meeting because I got other shit to do. And that's why it has helped me. Cause now it's you gotta find your hacks. You gotta you know, find your hacks. Man. You gotta find, you gotta find what works for you. You gotta find these little hacks, but yep. you can't, but they can't become crutches. Right. And they can't Correct. become your mainstream process and i think that's the difference there right these are productivity hacks but these mm -hmm. aren't things that you're going to rely on for you know for sustainability they're productivity that'll help you yeah. but they can't be your everything for sure and i think that's what some things uh, are no shortcut there's no sh some things you cannot <laughs> shortcut this is true that is very true <laughs> so um so as we kind of near you know near the end um you know I guess kind of kind of take a, a point from your show is, you know, what what are what's some of the really hardcore advice that you think would really help? Um, you know, as far as the audience is concerned, most of our listeners are military recruiters who are eventually hoping to break out into that sector. Yeah. No, no, so, I, I think that's a that's really good context. Or so let me just think about that for a second in that context. Yeah. Um, I think if you if you are a military recruiter and you're gonna be transitioning soon into the civilian workforce, um, start to think about so you want to put yourself in a position of success when you come out, right? And you want to be one advantage that you're going to have is to recruit for an industry that you have experience in to focus in it, right? Like I'm not going to like all of a sudden go into military recruiting because I have no experience there, right? I'm not going to go into medical recruiting. I don't have experience there. So two things, one, so combining something, thinking about that you have experience with, combining it with you have a passion about because you need to have that fire behind it as well too. I may have experience in, 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 in recruiting, I don't know, uh, you know, something I, I don't love to do, but if, if I have that passion behind it, I'm going to have uh, every day, I'm going to be more enjoyed going to work. It's going to yeah. be more productive there. So find something when you come out of the military that you enjoy doing, that you have a passion about and try to seek that out. Try to seek yeah. it out sooner than later. Put in the effort to find it so you're not wasting your time doing shit you don't like. There's nothing worse than wasting your time. Yeah. Big facts, big facts. Like, uh, I think about that all the time. It's just like, I remember one time I had an offer like um, he found out that I had experience in recruiting, but then he found out I was an experienced electrician as well. Right. So when he presented the opportunity to sales, he was like, hey, you ever thought about like selling like LED fixtures and light bulbs? I'm like, no, like, why would I do that? Like, he's like, well, you have experience. Like, do you know what an LED light is? I'm like, yeah. Do you know yeah. how to install them? I'm like, yeah. Like, do you know the specs on them? I'm like, yeah. 
He's like, so you've been a recruiter for like a few years, right? I'm like, yeah. Perfect. Like, I'll hire you right now. I'm like, oh, wow. Uh, I would, but I kind of, I kind of got something going on right now. So yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I really also think electrician like that. isn't your passion. <laughs> it's not my passion, but helping people save their money on their electric bill. Yep, I'll do that. Like, yeah. I can save your money on insurance, but I can help you save money on your light bill. Right. Sounds like a Geico commercial here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so yeah, and then I'll, and then as always, we ask people, you know, as far as um, you know, your personal experience, what do you feel like scare money don't make money feels to you or you know, sounds like to you? Right. I, th- I think, I think you have to be all in, I think, right. Like it, you can't be chasing it. You can't be doing things for the wrong reason. Uh, you can't be scared to take risks. You can't be scared to put it out there. And, uh, and, and I think that there's a lot of times in life you have to go all in. I mean, that's yeah. what I did when I left working for the, for the firm and I went out on my own, I went all in, man. I wasn't scared. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was scared about certain things, but I wasn't yeah. scared. Right. I mean, I wasn't scared about the decision I made. I think that's a that's a clear delineation there. Right. Like I was scared about certain aspects of it. You know, like yeah. what if this? What if that? How am I going to do that? But I never once ever until this day ever doubted the decision. I look back on it now and it's the best thing I've ever, ever done in my life. And that didn't happen until, you know, three years ago. Yeah. You know, that didn't happen until I was like 39. And I was like, screw this. I'm done working for other people. I'm going to do this <laughs> on my own. Yeah. I'm doing it. Doing it, mom. Doing it. I gotta so, tell everybody I'm an entrepreneur. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that this? badge. Give me that freaking entrepreneur badge. You want to put that on my shirt? Is it a solopreneur? There's all these like these things that are popping up. You know, just I'm a business owner. That makes me an entrepreneur. Come on, stop throwing that around, man. Yeah. Or the um, I'm one of your or just real. The I was telling Roy about the whole president CEO thing. You can't be a CEO of a non-publicly traded you know, i don't think that I, I don't think that's possible and, and it hurts candidates too man it hurts you, yeah. when, you when you just founded a company and you're the ceo uh, yeah. where's the rest of the board man what, what the hell are you talking about you're not no CEO. that's why i mean i i my title of my company is managing director of course i'm the mm. founder i am the owner i am the president i am the grand pooba the king whatever you want to call me yeah but that's not going to look good on my business card on my resume i like i'm a managing director yeah. and that title means what i do i manage the team i'm the director I'm in it. I am a player coach. That's exactly my title. Yeah. That's why I put founder in front of it, founder and managing director. And I was very, very thoughtful and cognizant when I, when I, when I gave myself that title. Of course, I could have put president and CEO. Yeah. Kind of, you know, when you're a two or three person company and you're calling yourself a CEO, it's kind of, all right, well, you're the CEO, you're the CFO, you're yeah. the janitor, <laughs> you're the secretary, you're the executive <laughs> assistant. The travel coordinator, so you can like, come on, like, give me a freaking break. Yeah, you might as well put jack of all trades. <laughs> I, 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 I do everything with just to eat everything, yeah. <laughs> um, no, and, and and that's the and those are things that you know we don't that's think about time. coming out because we don't think you know, at, as we come out of the military, we're very big on like this is your title. So I like I like that a lot is that you, like you said, you put thought into it, and and you know, let that be a lesson to you folks. <laughs> so um, other than that, we appreciate you. Unless you have anything else you'd like to say, Roy, do you have any parting comments, sir? The title is what you make it. Um, like the title is what you make. I think managing director, um, it's a good one. Uh, you don't have to put CEO, but like you, you make the title. The, the title don't make you. So and that's based off of what he just told me. I love it, but it also it also gives me room to promote myself. If I have a good year, I might promote myself next year. Right. When you make yourself the CEO, there's only one way and that's down. 
You're going to get promoted. Motherfucker. I like it. Right? Right now, next year, maybe I'll get promoted to CMO. Maybe I'll get a bump in salary, right? Maybe I got to talk to the board, right? Like, that's the other thing, too. You have nowhere to go. I joke about it, but there, there's some there's some realness in there, right? Oh, no, no. I mean, yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> and if you don't mind me, how many, so how many employees do you currently have? Um, so I have, uh, at our peak, we had about six uh, contractors working for us. Nice. Okay. And I, I think that's something me and Roy always talk about too, because, you know, a lot of, as I've gone through this journey, I have been contacted by certain recruiters and they're like, Hey man, like, I'd love to work with you or, you know, whatever stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, okay. I wonder like how other major, you know, folks do, but yeah, um, I mean, I have no one, I, I don't keep anyone on a W2. They're all 1099. That way cool. there's flexibility there. And I don't want to deal with work. Ex- comp, all that exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 but, um, but other than that, well, you know, this, uh, we appreciate you um, very much, sir. I'm sure you know, later down the road, how about I have you ask you to come on again and chat some more. Um, it's fun. Other than that, been another episode of Scare Money, Don't Make Money. You guys have a, a rest, great rest of your day, and uh, we appreciate you. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll see you later. Later.